David Crystal and Ben Crystal, father and son, have separately and together written many books on Shakespeare, including the definitive Shakespeare's words, a glossary and language companion, the absolutely essential book that no home should be without. But, <laughs> but now you've you've written Everyday Shakespeare, Lines for Life. Am I right in thinking that with this book, you guys have finally gotten around to reducing Shakespeare? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well done. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 884, Everyday Shakespeare Lines. Everyday Shakespeare Lines for Life is Ben and David Crystal's collection of 366 quotations from Shakespeare organized by monthly themes that you can apply to your everyday experience and add to your actual library and your mental library of off-the-cuff Shakespearean bon mots for every occasion. It's a remarkable collection, which no less a light than Stephen Fry called an absolutely joyous, gasp-out-loud achievement. And it features glorious lines culled from the canon that can sometimes get lost in production or when your eyes glaze over while reading. I was able to chat with the Crystals last week, and Ben started by telling me some of the criteria that went into each line's selection. The main reason for choosing was was because the quotes, rather than being famous, were were ones that, that pinged out, I suppose, as we read through the canon. And sometimes they pinged out from the middle of a speech or a sonnet. And we thought people might be a little bit upset about, you know, how can you possibly take this line out of this amazing speech and reduce it down? And I was like, well, we're not the first to have done it, and we certainly won't be the last. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the important point. Um, we uh, there are so many books out there dealing with shakespeare quotations but they you almost always the the famous quotations you know so you you find your is this a dagger and and a horse a horse my kingdom for a horse and all that sort of thing and while they're great poetry and very impactful in their own way they're not particularly every day. I don't know about you, Austin, but we don't often meet people who have lost their horse, you know, and, uh, and, and need to find it. And therefore, that quotation isn't particularly relevant. So <laughs> Ben and I were, were very definitely looking for quotations that would immediately have resonance with anybody on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's how it started, wasn't it, Ben? Yeah, so we've got quotes like, better three hours too soon than a minute too late well let's let's pause on that one because we have a lovely um row about this every time we use it because you see better three hours too soon if you're going to catch a train that's me <laughs> a minute too late that's ben <laughs> it's really really true and i suppose we've used this quote as a as often as a litmus because whilst we wanted all of the quotes that we chose to to offer a moment of reflection and resonance oftentimes we give a lot of space around the quote on the page giving a, a, a both a direct invitation in the introduction but also a subliminal one on the page that says these lines for life 
hopefully will resonate with you, but also will hope will will mean something different to you than they might to your fellow or your partner or, or the person that you're or your you know your teacher reads out one of these quotes and says, okay, everyone, what does this mean to you? Let's say it's make not your thoughts your prisons or um uh and i have heard it said unbidden guests are often welcomest when they are gone or, or whichever one it is but hopefully that they um offer space for your interpretation that that every line of shakespeare can mean something different depending on who's hearing it or reading it or indeed you know daring to say it out loud as as their own thoughts and and yeah they better three hours too soon than a minute too late We've made it very much about catching a train and and our different approaches to it. But it, you know, as we say in in the talk that we give about this book now, um, there's 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 an interpretation of every line for every person in the room. And the thing that grabbed me most when I even first heard about, uh, uh, well, I read about your guys doing this book on the Folger Shakespeare Library website, um, is that it? it it's another example of my firm belief that that even real unreduced Shakespeare should be cut because it's it's like a kind of it's Shakespeare can be an overgrown hedge a little bit and <laughs> the uh, so many of the gems get lost and uh, our ability to hear all the gems is needs help by trimming away some of the extraneous brush to get it at the at the golden nuggets is that sacrilegious no it isn't not at all i mean the the thing that impressed me when we first started this exercise was how many nuggets there were yeah you know what we did what we did you see ben and i read through the entire canon separately i read and, it chronologically uh, yeah ben did chronologically and i didn't because <laughs> he is a geek he's a geek and i'm not Oh, that's so not true, but go on. <laughs> so uh, uh, we, we're looking out for these sorts of everyday nuggets, you see. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what I expected. I expected we'd find a few hundred. Mm -hmm. In the end, we found 5,000. You were pretty. Yeah. 5,000. Wow. 5, Absolutely. You, were, you, you were pretty convinced we weren't going to find many at all, especially in the histories. But um, it, you were confounded in that belief by sure. Yeah, we had enough for... Uh, essentially five books worth because we managed to get a thousand into this book even though there's a page for every day of the year we, we've managed to fold in other quotes that sort of resonate with the day's lead quote and or juxtapose it perhaps as well so yeah there's a thousand in in this book but enough for yeah we had four thousand left <laughs> over essentially well absolutely and uh I mean, there may be other books one day I don't know but the thing about this five thousand is that is the diversity of the contexts in which they which they illustrate uh you, you know you, you, people sometimes think that shakespeare only talks about this topic or about this topic and he's full of topics about jealousy and revenge and ambition and so on but then there are these absolutely normal everyday things uh and there are so many of them and that's the thing that's impressed me more than anything else as one reads through this particular book our selection this time People will be struck more than anything else by the diversity. And indeed, one of the things we had to do in order to control this diversity was uh, group the topics, the quotes into themes. Mm. So, you know, for every month of the year, we have a, a different theme. This was your idea, wasn't it, Ben? Well, we kind of, um, we were sitting around the kitchen 
table having boiled the the quotes down to the sort of the bare minimum of of that five thousand, and to try to bring some sort of order to it, I I had grouped them into um, oh, like there's a lot on love, of course there is. There's a lot on grief. Oh, interesting. Oh, there's a lot on tyranny. Okay. Um, oh, there's a lot on friends reconnecting. And um, whilst we didn't want to, it would have been a very difficult and tiresome job to try to fold a quote around a particular day of the year. You know, there's certainly a love quote on Valentine's Day, but that's about as far as it goes, really. Um, and there's a spooky one on Halloween. Um, oh, and one but, on Christmas, Christmas time and Hanukkah. Well, you know. you know, we were very careful about December. It's, it's, it is quotes full of celebration, but there's also a quote about, you know, you have your belief and I have mine. That We really yeah, wanted yeah. this this year to be as inclusive as possible. So I think January has some of the best ones. February has love to laughter. Uh, March is starts with grief, but then moves through sorrow to um, hope and joy. Um, April has wisdom. Uh, I think uh, is July has or June has has politics and tyranny or insults and arguments. You know, so every month has a. We gently curated um, there to be a, a flow through the month and then through the week and then from day to day, from page spread to page spread, there'd be nice quotes that off, that offer um, reflection in and of themselves, but then also their partner and their sisters, as it were, through the week and through the month. So there's a different um, journey to be had through the book, depending on whether you want to engage with it every day or if you want to flick about or if you want to sort of take in a week at a time. Well, I just wanted to throw in what you said about sacrilegious. I was, was giving a talk at the, the new Shakespeare North Playhouse last week on the on the folio. And, um, you know, Shakespeare wrote a four hour version of Hamlet that his actors would never have been able to stage. And the closest you know, switching hats to my theatre practitioner um, hat here. The closest working version of Hamlet that we've got is from 1676. Um, listeners can probably Google image this. It's the Smock Alley Theatre in Dublin uh, from 1676. They they had a, a folio edition of Hamlet. And um, we've got a facsimile of of all of the cuts that they made and they would hack through some speeches and carefully like line through others and asterisk others and and they would have made the best two hours traffic of the stage that they could. And so too do we um, when we put on Shakespeare these days, I think, to the best of our abilities. So, yeah, I think rather than we, we might be taking this to an nth degree, but <laughs> but rather than um, being sacrilegious, I think reducing Shakespeare down either to the story that you want to tell or to be able to focus on on the bits that you you want people's attention on but then uh, at the end of every page in this book we've got um, a very beautifully designed stamp uh, so the name of the play or the poem is, is stamped at the bottom and then a little bit of context for people that the one there's no line references because uh, I, I don't know I think that line references for Shakespeare are a bit outdated and very kind of literary critical academic idea of 1.2.237 is where this line comes from and you'll only really understand it if you go and find out where that is but but that line reference thing is a nonsense if you've got an addition from one side of the globe to the other so we, we rather radically i feel we we disposed of all those but there's an index at the back of the book provided by um 
my father, who uh, is yeah, absolutely. a geek for indexes. One for indexes, one for indexes. So this, is where, you, this you, is where your father's geek flag flies. Exactly. <laughs> so that you readers, if you want to, if you, you know, Shakespeare's not for me or whatever, how, you know, it wasn't for me when I was younger either. If you had that bad experience of school, then you can come to this book, you can enjoy a line of Shakespeare. It will be pick upable and tangible enough for you to hopefully easily access it if it's not so easy we provide some commentary to help you on your way it's small enough and 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 short enough to be able to try and say it out loud if you if you want to dare to do that and then if you want to if you're intrigued by it enough or and by the context that you think oh i didn't know i've never heard of king john i'll go and give that a read well there's a line reference at the back of the book that will take you to our website shakespeareswords.com um and then you can you can explore it further but we really really wanted these lines to live by themselves and not feel hey you need uh, a degree or you need to be an actor or you need to know Shakespeare um, we were, I suppose that's what dad and I've been doing for the last 20 odd years of working together it's in either separately or together building bridges towards these incredible works of of humanism and 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 stoicism and and these looks of what it is to be a living, breathing person on this world for a little eye blink. Hi, my name is Lauren Gunderson. I'm the playwright for The Book of Will, among other plays. And you are listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? We have four performances left in 2023, but thankfully we'll have more in 2024. On December 14th and 16th, we'll perform the ultimate Christmas show abridged in Princeton, New Jersey and Western Virginia. And you can check out the touring page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com or our social media pages for all the other latest information. Now back to my conversation with Ben Crystal and his father, David Crystal, whose new book, Everyday Shakespeare, Lines for Life, is available everywhere. Are either or both of you the kind of Shakespeare nerds that just throw random Shakespeare quotes into uh, everyday conversation down the pub? I, I only have a handful, like... I'll say something extempore from my mother wit, and that's about the extent of it. But this book is so valuable because I think it can give many people that ability to take these lines. Oh, I'm just quoting a bit of Shakespeare, as one does. <laughs> yes, well, in fact, uh, that's that's what we used to do all the time and still do, in fact, when we bump into each other or have a meal together and what have you. Very rare indeed for a meal to go by without some snippet of Shakespeare being dropped in. Or the one that comes to mind now is uh, a few weeks ago, uh, Ben's back went out and he was uh, hobbling, hobbling around uh, and... Uh, did I get any sympathy? No, I did not. No, he didn't get any sympathy, but he did get a quotation. You are not built for sportive tricks. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> a misquotation shaped. Thank you, Father. But still, yeah. um, and, and, you know, like, um, I mean, this is where the book came from, really. Uh, every time I go around to see mum and dad, because I live like, just 20 minutes away from them in Wales now, or even when I was in London, uh, I would 
turn up to a meal or, or, or pop in and the first thing they would one of them say is uh, your worship was the last man in our mouths mm -hmm. um uh when uh, we were writing it and i was around there being in wales i would uh mum would look at the forecast and say oh it's 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 going to rain later and so i would mutter from Macbeth, it shall be rain tonight. And dad in the other room would hear me and, and shout, call back, let it come down. And my mum would scream and say, get out of the house, the pair of you, for goodness. <laughs> yeah, um, but you made an interesting point you made just a few seconds ago, Ben. Um, did I? That's not Yes, like you, you did indeed, you did indeed. You said, uh, when picked me up and said a misquotation. Now, there's an interesting point here. Uh, uh, we, yeah, we have these quotes, which are as you know, accurate quotes from the canon. But the point is, when people are using them in an everyday kind of way, we're very happy and indeed recommend that people mm. should adapt these quotes to their own circumstances and change them a bit if need be. This is especially important when you get uh, a use of, of man or men in a generic sense. Oh, I've got um, this one here. Ah, oh, that a man might know the end of this day's business ere it come, but it sufficeth that the day will end and then the end is known. Well, you know, you could say that that's kind of, it's not a particularly inclusive quote because it's just talking about a man, right? But that changed my perspective on this. Yeah, it's a generic use. Uh, so we, we, we explained this in the commentary, of course, we, we pointed out for people who aren't aware of the, the way in which Shakespeare's use of man or men had a generic sense, a very general sense, meaning human being, person uh, of any kind. So we make a point about drawing people's attention to that in the commentary. And we're very happy indeed if somebody adapts it to their own circumstances. And uh, oh, that an Austin might know the end of this day's business ere it come. Oh, well, that a that a person might know. Oh, that a doggy might know the end of this day's <laughs> business. Whatever the adaptation is, absolutely. You know, it's, I was yeah. teasing about I, that misquote. Yeah, you make the point that the word that man is frequently just missing the first two letters, H U, human. Yeah. Which, exactly. was, which, which was sort of eye-opening to me when I read that in the introduction. It was great. Yeah. And and the one we used earlier on, better three hours too soon than a minute too late. Well, better two hours too soon, better one hour too soon than five minutes too late. I mean, the point is, once you've got the structure <laughs> of the quote in your head, you can adapt it just like Shakespeare would have done yeah. to meet different circumstances. I always say better a minute too late than three hours too soon. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but, but this is how Shakespeare lives and survives too, isn't it? You were talking about diversity earlier, how the words have different meanings depending on who is hearing it and more importantly, who is saying it and in what context it's being said. This is how he continues, his writings continue to live 400 years later, right? And uh, this is very important, uh, the father-son relationship that you mentioned at the very beginning um, is something that we've, we, we, we've milked as much as possible in our working relationship. Uh, a generation gap is very important. Um, you know, older people reading Shakespeare have a very different perspective from younger people reading Shakespeare. And we first noticed this when we were doing Shakespeare's Words, uh, the language companion for the first time. And uh, me, as a linguist, I thought, all we have to do is uh, put up the word. I check the meaning of what it would have been in Shakespeare's time and just give a definition. End of story. 
Ben says, no, no, uh, we need to have a context. I need to know as an actor, uh, and indeed as somebody just observing the play, uh, who said it, to whom, on what occasion. So we would put context in, in there. And then the actual choice of words was something that, again, it showed the generation gap. I mean, the example that always comes to mind is the word goth, G-O-T-H, goth, turn up in Titus Andronicus. And I said to Ben, we don't need to put goth in. Everybody knows who the goths are, if they had any education at all. Everybody knows about the goths and vandals from ancient times. We don't have to explain that. And Ben said... <laughs> well, I, I was living in London at the time and uh, walking through Camden Town Market a lot. So I saw goths on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, he said, you know, people with black eye makeup and all the rest of it. And I suddenly realized that there was a world out there that I wasn't myself particularly conscious of. Goth had to go in because yeah. younger people would have not understood my interpretation of it. We've been really, uh, yeah, we've been really mindful. I mean, you know, we used the word diversity earlier to, to indicate the incredibly broad and diverse reach of the, the you know thematically speaking of the thoughts and the lines and the ideas um in in the book which uh, maybe do not cover the whole of uh, the human experience but there's a there's a very very wide gamut in in shakespeare that of of the day-to-day -day of of life and love and loss and and all the other you know joys and jealousies that we that we may or may not maybe not get to experience every day but probably will will experience at some point in life and you know especially after the last few years um and being mindful of the demographic that we both are you know being two white uh, male presenting folk talking about a third um white male um and yeah especially after the black lives matter movement uh, after the um you know, there's been lots of calls for a moratorium for Shakespeare's inclusion in, in studies in different parts of the world. And a lot of people uh, understandably saying that they don't feel that this dead white male colonialist has anything to speak to in their lives. And I think one of, well, you know, I think dad would agree too, but certainly one of the greatest things I um, witnessed or didn't witness as I inhaled the canon again um was his absence you know that in it's i think it's been interesting to put this book out in the year of the folio um anniversary that it's so hard to witness the writer he he's so he he was so good at stepping back into the shadows as it were or or just stepping back um to have the lightest of touch on on the plays and of course there's there's christianity that you can read in and and whiteness that you can read in and and maleness too um but for the most part we just kept getting hit as it were in the heart rather than over the head with these ideas of of life is short love is is beautiful um grab as much joy as you possibly can uh, grief is difficult we are joyful and lonely and we are celebratory and jealous and sometimes i will i imagine um him to say look at things uh that humanity does that we won't necessarily be proud of that doesn't 
at, at least from my perspective, again, it's my own privileged and, and wonder, you know, filtered perspective. But the things that Shakespeare writes about that we don't like, that doesn't really smack to me of someone as being indicative of him or his personal opinion. It, it seems that he held the mirror up to humanity and showed us a lot of the things that we're proud of, of ourselves, but also a lot of the things that we need to work harder at. And whether that's jealousy or indeed being in a powerful position and being tyrannous with that power, um, you know, we haven't changed an awful lot as humans and we've still got a lot of of work to do. And um, and and there's, I suppose what we really found is, that we hope anyway, uh, that from our relatively limited perspective, that there's an awful lot of room for an awful lot of different sorts of of people that really the only demographic for access is, 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 is human. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, except for one more thing, which I'll share with you in about 60 seconds, so stick around. Ben Crystal's and David Crystal's new book, Everyday Shakespeare Lines for Life, is a perfect gift for the holidays and is available wherever books are sold. You can also go to their website, everyday-shakespeare.com, for more information and supplementary content. Then send us your favorite Shakespeare line via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com or throw a comment to us over on the socials or on our own actual website, reducedshakespeare.com or visit my website, theshakespeareance.com. Thanks as always to rogue and peasant slave Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and GarageBand. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Barbara Figgins, no reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Lauren Gunderson, author of The Book of Will, which if you haven't read or seen on stage, you absolutely should. And as always, thanks very much to you for listening. Please continue to stay safe and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 884 2652nds of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. I went to my birthday, April 18th, to see what quote you had chosen. And for some reason, you've chosen a quote about dreadful, hideous acting. And I'm wondering why you chose violence, gentlemen. You know, I looked up your birthday when we were doing the final edit, Austin, and... Uh, I... <laughs> yeah, it's possible that I misinterpreted the quote at first glance. It's Misinterpreting Shakespeare is not a rare thing. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. 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 And so much less.